My name's Alan Carter. I'm the present CEO and founder of Cabral Gold. We have an advanced gold project in northern Brazil. It's immediately next door to G-Mining's TZ development, which will be Brazil's third largest gold mine. And Cabral has the, the gold project next door. It's a district-scale opportunity. And we're moving moving down a, a path towards production. Alan, good to see you. And thanks for joining us. Um, been quite exciting times for you and your share price over the past uh, week or so. Um, can we just talk, we, I want to talk about PFS, I want to talk about business plans, I want to talk about near-term revenue with you, but first let's kind of get let some of those drill results out of the way, uh, MG Central and, and Michichi, what's, what's been going on? Yeah, Matt, we've been drilling these oxide blankets that we have. We already have a significant resources in the oxide layer. This is the weathered layer that sits above the gold, gold deposits, and that Kuyu Kuyu is up to 60 meters thick. So there's a lot of this weathered, basically mud, uh, we call it saprolite, but it's essentially it's mud, sand, and soil. So it's free digging material. It sits on hilltops. It's got gold in it. It should be very, very cheap to mine, and it should be cheap to process because it won't require any grinding, uh, maybe a primary crush, but but it won't require a lot of crushing either. So um, we're pretty excited. The drilling that we've been doing over the last few uh, weeks and months has really been designed to optimize the high-grade portion of this, uh, essentially this mud material, which sits in a in a series of blankets. Um, so we've been getting some really nice results, which is um, highly encouraging. So the plan here is to uh, update that resource in the oxide material and then feed that into the mine plan, um, uh, and uh, which will, uh, you know, it's all part of the PFS, the ongoing PFS study. So yeah, really good, but be surprised. We have. You've been getting, sort of, I mean, literally from surface down yeah. you know, 30 meters, um, you know, saying 15, 16 meters between 1.8 and 5.20 from what I can see. So you're finding gold. The gold's there. Um, I guess what people are interested in is um, you know, that that resource, what's the, what's the timing for that? How much more work needs to go in before you get a sense of, I guess, the ec potential economics around this, which feed into the pre-fees that you're doing? Yeah. Well, look, we've already got indicated and inferred resources in this oxide material across two or three of these blankets um, of around about 230,000 ounces. I shouldn't really be summing these things up, but if you sum the inferred and the, and the indicated, that's what it currently is. Obviously, we hope that, that that's going to go up. Um, these sorts of grades are, are, are very, very significant, um, particularly given, as I said, as they're at surface. I can't stress that enough. I mean, as I've said in my notes to investors following some of these releases there's a massive difference between you know having 20 or 30 meters at a gram and a half at surface and having it 200 meters down in hard rock um so um in terms of the results on the pfs uh, obviously that is going to be a significant milestone for our company uh, we should have that those results in the second quarter of uh, of next year so it's coming up pretty quick there's lots of moving parts to the pfs um, so there'll be quite a lot of news coming out over the next few months. So yeah. So what is, just in terms, of, and, and you may you may have to dance around this answer a little bit, but you know you've been doing RC and auger drilling um, just to uh, on, on these blankets, not necessarily traditional diamond core um, here. How does that work in terms of being able to get you know, move that two hundred thirty uh, ounce to higher? You know, can, what can you include um, in there? What type of drilling? We can certainly include the results from from auger and RC drilling. Look, don't forget, we've got an awful lot of diamond drill holes into this already. We've got hundreds and hundreds of drill holes just in the oxide material. So we've got a very good grip. Most of that 230,000 ounces prior to this drilling was indicated anyway. A small portion was inferred. Look, I can say that a lot of these results are 
were outside that we've been getting and that we've been releasing over the last couple of months were outside the known high-grade portion of the of the oxide resources. Now, that what that'll do to the final numbers, I don't know, but we think it's going to be very positive. Uh, but we'll just have to wait and see. Um, you know, there's there's undoubtedly a lot more of this oxide mineralization at surface than the current resource reflects. And that resource is now over a year old. We've so far drilled 75 holes as part of this program. Um, so there's quite a lot of drill results. We've put quite a lot of results out, but there's a lot more coming. There's probably in the order of about 50, 50 holes that we still haven't reported that are still coming back. So there'll be results well into the new year. We're very excited about this Mashishi zone. We've got a few drill holes into Mashishi. There's no resources there uh, just yet. It's only 500 meters north of the MG blanket, which is one of the largest blankets that we want to mine. And now we're, we're starting to get some very interesting looking core coming up from the oxide material at Mashishi. We'll see what the results are like. As I said, we do have a few existing holes. I think the best hole at Mashishi was around about uh, 30 or 35 meters at about five grams. So um, you know, hopefully we'll we'll have another blanket at Mashishi. We'll have to wait and see. It's an exciting time for our company, Matt. Okay, so but bottom line, the the resource is likely, from what you said, likely to increase, right? To what we don't know. We hope it's good. Okay. Um, what I think people are looking to looking to try and understand is, look, you how much more drilling. Because the, 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 I guess there's an imperative here. I think what people are buying into is this near-term near revenue potential of what, what, what you're doing, this new plan of yours, right? So how much more drilling? What's the cutoff before you kind of feed that into a, a new resource, which then presumably feeds into the pre-feasibility study, which gives us line of sight to some of the economics here? Yeah, we feel we're not going to need a, a, a lot more drilling there. There'll certainly be a lot more results coming out in the new year and this month and, and following through well into the new year. But in terms of, you know, drilling through the first quarter of next year, um, that's that's highly unlikely. We uh, 230,000 ounces we had prior to of this oxide material, uh, we had prior to uh, the onset of this drilling. So, um, you know, like I said, we've been getting some very, very good results, but we're not going to keep drilling. Um, you know, we've got to get this PFS done. Um, but the results we've been so far have been surprising, in a positive sense. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. And 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 obviously, I think look, this kind of commercial imperative, which I think has has you know people have reacted well in the market to to this, and we I mean we get the kind of regional prospectivity and you know opportunity there, but in a market like this, that's not getting financed anytime soon. So this commercial imperative on the on the oxide blankets is what people are buying into. So how how, how do we judge you in terms of um, the the process ahead, right? Because you're going to need to get that the PFS complete. You're going to need to work out your plan of action. Um, and then you're going to need to raise capital um, to kind of deliver these, you know, this heat bleach operation of yours. So what does that, what does that look like over the next coming months? Well, um, as I said, the PFS is due in the second quarter of this coming year, 2024. So that will be a very, very a major milestone. Um, we are looking at uh, various funding options for this. Uh, the capital cost doesn't look like it's going to be huge. We want to start on a fairly modest basis. We're not trying to build, you know, a massive operation from day one. Now, Kuyu as you've alluded to, is certainly a district scale play. There is undoubtedly a lot more gold than the current 1.2 million ounces that we have. As I said, around about 230,000 ounces of that is in the oxide, is in the oxide cap. But uh, look, there's a lot happening. I think. The 
you know, when I make investments and, you know, obviously I'm heavily invested in this sector, I have a portfolio just like you do. I'm looking for companies which either have cash flow or they have a path to cash flow. And the reason for that is because I think this model that a lot of companies in our sector in the junior space have relied on for the last decade or two is broken. And that model is, you know, let's let's raise money from the capital markets, let's issue stock, let's do a placement, um, let's dilute the capital structure. The problem with that is that these periods of negative market sentiment are getting longer. And what's that's meant for the junior mining sector has, has been that, uh, that, that stocks for extended periods are not responding to good drill results. Um, in the past two decades ago, when I first got into the industry, they were. But they're not anymore. So, um, so you know, our path is really clear. We're very focused on it. it that, let's get into production as fast as we can. Let's get in the cash flow. Let's use that cash to then explore this, fully explore the Kuyuku district and find out just how many gold deposits we've got. We've got two more deposits here, Matt, in addition to the two we've already found. But we know there's two more because we've, we've got the continuity through drilling and trenching, but we don't have enough drill holes yet in order to define the resources there. So, you know, the the the, the expiration of a district like Kuyu Kuyu, which has a footprint, which is 10 times larger than the neighboring TZ project, you know, produced 10 times more gold. It's an order of magnitude bigger in terms of the historic production from the streams. Funding that, um, you know, you can't fund that, we don't think, by trying to raise money from the capital markets if, if your stock is not responding to you know, positive drill results for, for, for extended periods of time. No, I, I agree with you. And I think, I think the Aussies have had that right for, like say, 10, 20 years. Um, it says that they, they don't worry about the size of the resource day one. Canadian CEOs, when I talk to them, generally terrified, well, if we put out a resource like this and we talk about you know, getting some money, they'll think that's all we've got. Australians like, just show me the money. And I think yep. the, the Canadian exactly. market's finally twigged. Uh, to, to, to that. So just in terms of the the way that, okay, the, the kind of capex for something like this, and you've indicated to me in the past, can range, and we know from our conversations with people like Manera Alamos, um, you know, 8 million, 12 million sort of range. Do you think that the type of funding that's going to be available to you is there if the capital markets aren't, um, such as this alternative funding? You know, you, you've just got that deal with the Cisco Gold Royalties, um, on the NSR, but is there more out there? Uh, yeah, look, I, I think the, the capital requirements here are modest. I mean, I think uh, I think eight million dollars is 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 pretty low. We haven't put any numbers into the into the public domain, but look, I, I you know, if you look at similar sorts of operations, there's certainly fifteen, twenty, twenty five million sort of uh, capital cost. Um, obviously, I can't comment on what the capex is going to be at Kuyu Kuyu. Um, until the PFS studies are, are done, um, um, but uh, you know we'll wait and see. Like I said, similar sorts of operations are in that sort sort of range. If you think about what what really needs to be done here, there's not a lot. There's not a lot of um, not a lot of complexity really to the to the operation that we're proposing. We have the trial mining licenses in place, so the thing is already licensed on a trial mining basis which allows us to mine 300,000 tons a year, uh, maximum of all. So obviously we're going to be focused on the high-grade material to start with. But you think about it, this is mud that's at surface that has gold in it, essentially. So you don't need any drilling and blasting to mine this stuff. We'll probably need a couple of excavators and a small fleet of trucks. Um, and, uh, and then what we're planning on doing is 
trucking this material probably less than a kilometer to a pad, a heap leach pad, where it'll be uh, mixed with cement, which is fairly standard. The mud agglomerates to form pellets, which are then put on a conveyor, uh, and they, they go up onto a heap, and then that heap heap is uh, uh, is irrigated um, with a solution which basically leaches the gold out, out of the material. And then that pregnant solution is, is recovered and passed through what's called an ADR part, which basically strips the gold out of solution and plates onto carbon rods, which then go into small little ferns to, pro to reduce bullion. So it's not a complex process, Matt. And because of that, uh, I think the technical risk is a lot lower than a lot of uh, much larger operations. I said the capital is likely to be a lot, lot lower than, uh, than a lot of other operations um, uh, out there. And that means that, to, to your point, that means that uh, all funding options are on the table with this. Uh, we're looking at, you know, the whole gamut of, of potential ways of funding this. What we're not going to do is go out and try and raise all this through some sort of equity placement. Um, that's that's not the objective at all. So um, we have a number of discussions, parallel discussions going on right now with, with several different groups. So what we'd like to be doing is pretty soon after the completion of the PFS, assuming, of course, it's positive, we'd like to be, and if it is positive, we'd like to be announcing a, um, a, a construction decision. Obviously, that is dependent on two things, positive PFS and having the funding sorted out. But all options for funding this are on the table. I think what's interesting about this is low capex, it's at surface, so therefore, as I say, you're not, you're not getting rid of overburden and, you know, no, incurring costs in, yeah. in, in this as well. So therefore, I'm going to predict a slightly higher margin uh, project than we're seeing around the world with um, you know slightly more complex uh, ore bodies out there. So, look, uh, Alan, look, super excited um, that you're kind of you know grab the reins and like you know get moving ahead, getting on with this thing. Uh, that near term revenue um, really is, I think, a differentiator at the moment. So, um, appreciate you coming on today and uh, give us an update. What, when, when will we hear from you next? More drill results. Uh, Matt, I, I think there'll be news here in the short term and not, not just on drill results. I think that there are obviously a lot of drill results still in the pipeline. There's lots of different things going on with the PFS. I think you're going to see some news of us continuing to beef up the team here so that we've got as much expertise and as many smart people involved in this whole process as, as we can bring to bear on it. So, um, yeah, I think there's a lot of positive developments in the pipeline.